Welcome to episode three of the BizOwner 360 series. If you didn't catch episodes one and two, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to them. And as a quick reminder, for first-time listeners, each episode I will focus on a single topic, will be guest-free, and get straight to the point. Last episode, if you recall, I broke down the concept of why owners and entrepreneurs are usually their own worst enemy and the number one blocker to growth, and especially scalable growth. And I shared a few ideas and strategies on how to break through what I call owner's capacity and set yourself up for success. In this episode, I want to share some of the biggest changes into the B2B landscape, specifically how buyer expectations have changed and how you can leverage that to your advantage. I'll also outline why you need to think about growth the way an e-commerce company would. Even if you're a services company, just stick with me on this concept. I mean, ultimately, it's, it's digital first. And that can be an advantage for for small companies. First, let me outline why and how the B2B buying process has changed. I've been in this space for 30 years, and most B2B companies have done business the same way for those 30 years, even before the internet. And finally, I would say in the last two years, and then with the the, the pandemic, basically slammed the short door shut on how buyers buy. Well, in the old days, right, you used to be able to have buyers buy according to your sales process. That's changed, right? Buyers no longer want to fit into your process. You know, you need to align around their their buying process. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But, you know, first of all, just just some stats. And you've probably read this before. If you haven't, you know, 3% of your ideal prospects are in, in buy now mode. Only 3%, maybe 5%, even if it's 10%. It's a very small fraction. So if you're going out looking for new business and your approach is, hey, I'm going to close these guys because they're ready to buy right now, it's not going to happen. You have to play the longer game and let the customers get to know you or the prospects get to know you. Then when they're ready to buy, you know, you'll be there for them. So, you know, I think some of the biggest changes, right, is you can I talked about you can't force them into your processes. They're going to do their research. They're going to talk to their friends. They're going to talk to their peers. They're going to look for reviews online, not just for consumer products, but B2B. I mean, Amazon and others have taught these buyers and B2B companies how to buy, and that is what their preference is. And so as a a small business looking to grow, you have to be able to tell your story online through your website, through your social channels that when customers are looking and doing research, they can easily find and understand, you know, how you solve their problem. And that's probably the biggest, the biggest key to this is make sure it's about the, the prospect or the customer and not about you. Still, there's so many websites, large companies, small companies that are 100% focused on features and benefits and look how good we are. Not saying proof isn't important, but Letting the customer know and the prospect know the problems you solve and how you do that is critically important. And again, features and benefits, they don't care. They just want to know how you're going to solve their problem or they just want to know you're going to solve their problem and less concerned about, about how you do it. And that's when you get into some of the differentiation, which we'll, we'll get into in a, in a future episode. But the key is, if you think back to the 3% that are in buy now mode, that means 97% are not. So what are you doing with those prospects and educating them on your company? So it's really about creating awareness and education. Um, then the key, and again, we'll, well, there's a, a full episode that we'll, we'll, we'll dedicate to this, this topic, 
but it's really be always be sharing, right? The old line from Glengarry Glenn Ross is, hey, always be closing, doesn't work. Customers aren't gonna buy it, they're gonna go find somebody else. So it's always be sharing and you know, give away your best stuff, right? It's it's all about adding value every time you have an engagement. And don't make your customers or your prospects work for it. And you know, the, the typical or common phrase is, you know, sales enablement, sales enablement. My problem with that is it's it's a very internally focused uh, approach. You should be thinking of it from buyer enablement. How do you make your buyers process easier? Your entire focus should be helping them get through their buying buying process as quickly as possible and adding value where you can, right? And I think that's that that's the key to all this. As we go through the rest of the these episodes, it's going to be the same thing, right? It is all about the customer. It's all about value. It's all about taking friction out of the process, and it's all about creating a great customer experience, right? Whether it's in the buying process, post-sale, anything, it should be, again, dedicated to taking the, the friction out of the, those processes. And the other thing just to tie off on that is, right, they want to buy on their own schedule. You're not gonna be able to push them through and offer them discounts and say, hey, buy now, you can have it. Those things just don't work. Now, if they're on the fence and they're close to making a decision, I still think if you're trying to differentiate on price, right, that's that's going to be a race to the bottom. So the key will be to add the value. And then when they're there, they'll view you as a trusted source or a trusted partner. And that will make the, the sales process just go so much quicker. Like I said, we'll, in future episodes, we'll get into detail in, in each of those areas and give you some strategies and tactics. But, you know, the other piece about but the industry is, you know, it's, we're, we're digital first. B2B or digital first. I hear it all the time. Well, owners, well, we're different, right? We're unique. There are no unique snowflakes, right? Maybe some industries are lagging a little bit behind where prospects and customers are a little more um, behind and looking for the digital engagement first. But those you can create, if you're in one of those industries, lead with digital and you'll have a competitive advantage. There's just no way around it. You're going, if you want to be competitive and you want to scale your business, you're going to have to lead with digital. And one of my favorite analogies to kind of show the progression and help you think about your business maybe a little bit differently is the used car space. And you may be thinking to yourself, used car space, right? That's a B2C, not B2B. But as you, as I outline this, you'll see how it could be very, or it is very relevant to where we're at the B2B industry today. You know, back, say, call 10, 12 years ago, if you wanted to buy a used car, you basically had to call the the dealer, right, the used car dealer, and ask them what inventory they had. Or if you had near an idea of what car you wanted, you could ask if they have it. Or more than likely, you were going to the showroom or the dealership and look around to see what cars they have. Slowly, as the internet started to gain popularity, right, in late 2000 or 2010, maybe, right, you started to see a change where these auto dealers or dealerships were now putting the cars online usually just a listing with what the, the model was in the year, maybe the miles. The next step in that progression was, hey, they've got the car listing. Now they've got photos of the car, but they were just stock photos, right? It wasn't the actual vehicle that you had online, right? It was what the stock were, but it was getting better. Then the next big step was actual photos of the actual car that's on the lot with the pricing, miles, dents, you name it, you could have full aspect. But you still had to go to the dealership to buy the car. And most people 
felt the need so they could actually see what they were buying. And if you would have asked those folks 10 years ago, that there's no way anybody will ever buy a car, you know, a used car on the internet without seeing it. Well, welcome Carvana to the, the conversation and write a $40 billion market cap later, you can sit on your couch, buy a $50,000 used car, have it delivered to your house with the seven day money back guarantee. So you think about your business from a digital aspect and you don't think it's an online business, it's online. It's just a matter of how convenient you make it for the customers. Now, if your services business, there may be some areas, right? You're gonna close it on site, but maybe not. I would be start designing what you're doing to be able to close it, to close it virtually, right? Very rarely are customers anymore, one, are they gonna even be in the office, right? If you're selling at the enterprise level, your buyer may be working remote. You're not gonna go into an office. So rethink the way you position your business and don't fall into the old trap that we have to do it in person or I have to process the orders. I know it's fundamentally a different way to think about your business, but from the buyer's perspective, that's what they want. And there's a number of stats that I'll list in the, in the show notes that talk about the willingness. I think it was 60% of buyers would be willing to spend, you know, up to $100,000 on a deal, you know, virtually, right? They want to see face-to-face with Zoom and those types of things, but they don't need a handshake. They don't need you on site in order to be able to, to close those deals. So, and we'll get into, you know, kind of the digital and how do you connect with the customers and what are the processes that you need to be thinking about as you drive it. But for today's conversation, just fundamentally think about if you had to sell over the phone or more importantly, online with phone or Zoom support, what does that look like? So uh, I know it's a big change, but that's where the advantage is. Think of the cost savings if you could do that virtually, right? And to make it, again, it's got to be efficient from the buyer and the, the customer perspective, but it could have a huge impact on your business. And guess what? That's what they prefer. So I'm not saying go completely digital, that you don't have people there, but have the human touch where it's value added, where they can add value to the process. If you have online, if you have a couple of salespeople, right? Think of them as concierge. How do they help your buyer get through the process? They need to be the subject matter expert that's helping them get through. And like I said, when we get to, to some of the buyer enablement process in a future episode, we'll go, go a little bit deeper. But I just wanted you to think about your business maybe in a different light than you have and challenge you to think bigger and how do I reach more customers outside of maybe our, our current comfort zone. So again, it's the digital, the used car, and the other big advantage of the digital, which we'll get into also in a future episode, is, is the data that's available to you, right? I mean, you really will understand, I know a lot of owners like to make gut-based decisions, but if you want to make a gut-based decision, do it with data. And the advantage of all these digital touch points is you're going to have a much better idea of what your customers are looking for, what your prospects are looking for, that are going to allow you to make better business decisions. So I guess the, the, the third and final point of that is the efficiency, right? There's never been a better time to, to scale a business with few people, right? I mean, just with the digital aspect of it, you don't need a ton of people in order to do it if you set this up right. So again, challenge you to think differently about your business. And when I get to uh, the next episode, I'm actually gonna outline one of the things we've talked, I've talked about in the previous episode is, you know, the growth 
in the B2B space is very nuanced. And if you listen to the first three episodes, you know that, right? You just can't hire salespeople. You just can't do paid ads. You can't just do one thing. It's multiple things and it has to be intentional and have a plan. And what I'll outline for you in the next episode is a system that I've, I've created. I mean, it's not necessarily rocket science, but it is a, a process and a framework to help you make better decisions. Think about the downstream impacts of some of the decisions you're going to make and also basically how to set up your, your business to compete in the digital world and, and scale in the digital world. So episode four. So next week we'll talk about again, what that framework looks like, and then we'll start to dig into the specific areas of the framework. So again, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And if you have any thoughts or questions, please do drop me a note and a favor. If you do enjoy the podcast, please follow or subscribe on your favorite platforms. And until next week, cheers. Cheers.